0: Welcome to Doubleverse, the podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 31. In this episode, we have an entire segment on rules forum updates, talking about life gain, and we will all wrap it up with an intro to the different competitive scenes in the world of Dice Masters. So hey, let's kick it off with that rules forum update. Okay guys, uh, we are here, and WizKids decided to have a wonderful wonderful christmas present for all of us by posting 15 new rules for and from our previous time we actually recorded an episode unfortunately dr j is off battling the ko king or something i don't know you go listen to our christmas episode they fight all the time so we have some replacements and <laughs> we have zach here and kenpool all ready to talk about some of these 15 rules right welcome guys how you doing? Hi. Um, we're not going to go through all 15. Um, and if you guys don't know where the WizKids rule for them is, you can head on over to win.wizkids.com forward slash BB, B as in boy. Um, but we wanted to cover a couple of them that we think are very, uh, highlight a lot of points about the team. The first one I think we got to talk about because we mentioned it on our last hidden gem. And that's the vibranium shield, deflecting bullets and resistance. So the question was asked, does this resistance ability trigger for each character you die you control that is KO'd? Or does resistance only trigger once per turn? And they they do an example on, say, somebody magic missiles uh, three times and KOs three of their sidekicks. Do his characters now plus 6D or just plus 2D? Um, And then WizKids first, they said, well, if you do that the first time, you KO something, all your other characters get Plus yeah. 2D, so you wouldn't be able to magic missile the other guys? All
1: effects have to be done completely, and including the resistance part yeah. of that.
0: Um, but they did mention, say you had an ability that wiped out the whole field at once, like Cyclops or something. That would do the plus 6D, but they did say resistance does stack, which yes, makes it does. our hidden gem so much even more awesome. so yeah,
1: that's kind of how that's how we were talking about it. <laughs> I mean, we, we looked at it and we figured there was no reason that it wouldn't stack, but this I, is confirmation I played this at uh,
2: uh, one of our events, and the, the, the question literally came up, and, and uh, it surprised a few people. We, we locally ruled it this way. I was using it with Stinking Cloud, so knock out a bunch Yo. of sidekicks <laughs> all at yeah. the same time and then have uh, the Ant-Man Global to uh, transfer the defense to to the uh, attack and it worked quite well wow yeah so that's that that answers our
0: question because we did that have does. that question if resistance stacks it does um our next one this one is i think my favorite ruling out of all of them and oddly enough this has been opposite of what i myself have ruled and i think most people have ruled on this card and it is for maria hill trained agent which is from the age of ultron set and her ability says, the first time you draw Maria Hill in a turn, you may roll a different shield character from your use pile and place it into your reserve pool. I think most people have been ruling it, you have to have at least one Maria Hill die in the field yeah. for, her, for her ability to act. Yeah, with. this is
1: one of those that when it first came out, there was really nothing quite like it. Since then, they have made other effects that are similar, and they have put the text on the card that, it doesn't need to be active. They didn't have that with Maria Hill. I think it's because it was a unique ability at the time, and they've now gone back and given it the same treatment. She does not need to be active to do that.
0: Yeah, so you treat it like a, a rescue die or the rare Angela die where they're, they don't have to be active and their abilities work. Yeah,
1: Yeah. they are getting to where there's a few things that usually they print it that it doesn't need to be active. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the, older, some of the other older ones that uh, have similar things if, they, if we don't see rulings from them mm-hmm. about those also not having to be active.
0: Yeah, which I love because it has just made this card where people probably universally said this is kind of useless if you have to have one on the field.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: that I mean, usually go off of the default ruling of the lesser of the of the good rulings. And so you take the one where it wouldn't or where yeah. it would have to be active. Um, just, just by thinking of it, but it actually makes it playable now. Yeah. And cause
0: we were talking about it. Now you can get those big shield
2: characters out super, super quick.
1: Oh yeah. Um, you, now you only need to buy one. I mean, that's, that's the big thing is, uh, looking at before it was, okay, I want to try and get my Groot out as fast as possible. Maybe I could use Maria Hill, but by the time I'm spending four on Maria Hill, why not just figure out a way to spend that fifth one to get Groot himself? Now, uh, you can, you can actually speed it up by mm-hmm. getting Maria Hill early and then getting your Groot when you roll Maria Hill.
0: Yeah, and I think it even adds depth. So say you're playing a control team. Now you have to pay attention to what's in their bag, what they're going to be drawing, because if you know that's an easy one to slip up, you're like, oh, well, it's in choose pile. It's not going to get it this turn, right? And then they pull a Maria Hill, you might oh, yeah. be in a the whole load of, load of hurt at that point.
2: Yeah, the nice thing about this one is that you don't just automatically field it either. You get to put it in the reserve pool and then do the fielding. So all of those wind-filled uh, yeah. shield characters you can uh, activate. Yep. Mm,
1: good old Umber Hulk. <gasps> right? Umber Hulk would be a really good <laughs> makes, one. Makes all those Jinzos pretty good again.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so our next one. This one's kind of more of an update because we covered it before, and it's about Lockjaw, fiercely loyal. They didn't actually put up a specific question, but they said they got multiple questions asking, um, does his ability trigger outside the clear and draw step? Because it says p- specifically
1: before your opponent's clear and draw step. I I think we've all ruled this incorrectly locally. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it ruled correctly because uh, it turns out it does, in fact, trigger yeah. outside the clear and draw step. So if you call whatever it is and your opponent uses resurrection or something like that at, towards the end of their turn it can trigger
0: yeah and then it I'll, I'll tell you i've played against alex with this and it works effectively because he had the, some characters for defense and then i called uh, a character and he pulled out two of them bam um, you know, one during his normal and one he used the superhero registration act. That just totally knocked out his character. I'm like, ooh, this is really good.
1: It kind of adds a little bit of, because uh, isn't it Mysterio that each player draws yeah. and preps one? Mm-hmm. Bring Mysterio with your lockjaw. If you get it wrong, you, you can create another chance. <laughs> yeah,
0: so um, that's an update. And then they were really... On a Maria Hill kick. Because, again, we have another Maria Hill that's listed. Um, it's Maria Hill, Deputy Director. This one is from the um, Civil War set. Um, so the question is, the text says, when declaring blockers, Maria Hill may block any number of sidekicks. Does this mean she can only block sidekicks, or can she block a non-sidekick character and any sidekicks? This has been a question that I've seen floating floating around for her and for the Black Widow from the Civil War set that says yeah. she can block any zero-cost Um, blockers any any zero and what they pretty much said is for a character die like this the blocker can either block normally or block any number of sidekick dice including your ally dice and I I love this part that they added in if something were to make a character lose its ally effect after Marie Hill blocked them they'd remain blocked
1: foreshadowing much
0: yeah um so I, I, I really like that because it still w- holds up to their when blocked, always blocked rule. Yeah, which, which, um,
1: And if you have a special, basically the, the way it boils down is if you have a special blocking ability, you can either block normally or block okay, special. Yeah. You can't block normal you and special. You can't have
0: both because I think a lot of people have been doing... Well, I, I've seen it 50-50. Some people said, yeah, you can do what the card says and in addition to one additional blocker. Cause right. We haven't, since Civil War, I think that's the first set to have kind of a ruling like this or an ability like this where you could do an alternative block. Um, so that, that answers a real great question. Um, the next one is probably one of my favorite Deadpool cards is Hitmonkey. Monkey. <laughs> And the yeah, ti- yeah. and so they, they had a question about the timing about hit monkey, and we 're talking about the uncommon hit monkey where you can pay a fist to assign his damage to your opponent instead of the character blocking it. Yeah. Um, so the question is my opponent moves a two attack two defense hit monkey to the attack zone. Um, I block with a one one side kick, my opponent immediately pays a fist for hit monkey 's ability. Does hit monkey do two damage right away, or do we then wait? Go to globals and deal all the damage to me after he has had a chance to buff hit monkey's attack via globals. So, um, I like this one because not only it answers a specific card, but it also reinforces some of the steps that you take
1: yep. in, in 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 the attack phase. Because yeah, it it, it clears up a, a little bit of timing. Yeah, because for, for some uh, some other cards that are kind of messy like yeah. this one.
0: Yeah, because what happens is, and I think all of us have experienced is the more we start playing, it just all you know we've gotten so used to the steps that it kind of blends in. So, yeah. Um, the way they answered it is, Hitmonkey is only changing where he, assign, um, where he assigns combat damage, not when he deals the combat damage. Also, to be explicit, he's dealing the damage as if he was unblocked, so you can't split between the sidekick and the defending player. So you'd pay the fist energy, and then is blocked, then players would have a chance to buff, debuff, target, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, which um, also added a couple more questions, and WizKids... They, they didn't
1: answer a question that I would like to uh see with hit monkey specifically because anytime that I've played it which is somewhat frequently I like that card uh anytime that I've played it someone in, it invariably asks so does does he go through to used or and I say well it doesn't say that it says that he's blocked yeah looking at this it appears that he would remain blocked and remain in the field if you blocked with a sidekick that's not going to knock him out yeah but it would be nice if they would have answered yeah. that in their explicit answering yeah. of explicit questions yeah.
0: but what they did do because two other people had additional questions about this hit monkey they actually came back and answered those questions so the other two questions were what happens if flying car buckled up is played during the global action window of the attacks up so that's the flying card that allows you to send your damage directly is that the right one no that's the one uh the target die gets plus three attack plus three defense yeah and it loses all its character abilities um And then the other one is what happens since Hitmonkey can deal its damage as if he wasn't blocked, does the front line apply to it? Um, They answered it. So for the flying car one, essentially since Hitmonkey loses his ability and if your opponent already paid for the fist, he just paid a fist for nothing because the ability is no longer there. So you won't be able to send your damage to the opponent, but he gets the attack bow. And the other one is Hitmonkey isn't unblocked, so Frontline does not apply. Um, So they wanted to clarify a little bit of their text they had up earlier.
1: Thank goodness for that one. (laughs) Yeah. The Frontline does not need extra power for unblock, uh, like things that don't get blocked regularly.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So our next one is I combined two of these posts. It's about Super Rare Batgirl, and we'll be talking about this a little bit later in the show. Super Rare Batgirl, I think, is probably going to make a little bit of a resurgence um, so one of it is, does Batgirl's ability target because she doesn't state a specific number? Um, and so Batgirl does target. And might I remind you, when you read Batgirl's text, it says the word target in the text. So it targets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um uh, and and you know i i can't blame the player It might be a new player or it might be like me where you'll well, read a card and skip text because they like,
1: kind of yeah. they used and and the person who submitted the question asked if it's like in prison in prison they kind of used similar wording to Imprisoned, and I will stand by, I think Imprisoned should be a targeting effect, but it's not my call to make. Yeah,
0: except there's Um, in a specific rules forum post that says it doesn't target. Yeah,
1: but on Imprisoned, it says uh, you can capture any number of characters, uh, and Batgirl says you you can deal damage to any number of target characters. With both effects, you're selecting a target, so it's kind of... I think that it's that they ruled that imprison doesn't target incorrectly, but that's sort of neither here nor there. But they they did explicitly remind mm-hmm. it says the word target in the in the rule in the, or in the yeah. ability and text.
0: And they and she, she says you you can pick up to four specifically because he's they they I I think this is yeah. interesting and maybe foreshadowing something, saying that you cannot target a character with zero damage for your ability. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure if they're kind of setting that up for a future card or something, but it seems like there might be something there.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, th- there's a lot of rulings lately that they say something, and I think to myself, is that going to be a future effect? Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a future thing?
2: Yeah, when targeted, such and yeah. such will yeah. happen. Yeah.
1: Um, and then,
0: of course, the other and the other Batgirl ruling was: um, Does Batgirl's ability still happen if she
1: gets KO'd? That's a yes. That is a big yes. Uh-oh. Uh, and I think and, they and said something
2: also, similar to the Hulk um, when they originally said that. When he takes it, even if he's KO'd, does that trigger? And it was a yes.
1: Yeah, and, and that, that. that kind of bleeds into the the next question that we've got up yep. here. So this is an interesting one. Um,
2: kind of takes us back to
1: Justice
0: League and AVX even. Yeah. The question is, does Black Manta work like Nova or Angel? And this is not the Black Manta that most of us think of, the retaliation one. This is actually the Common. common. Yeah, common the Common. David.
2: Common, David. This is Um, actually my favorite one. Yeah,
0: where it says uh, if Black Manta is damaged during the attack step and not KO'd, deal one damage to an an imposing character. So, Zach, you want to explain how they actually ruled this to everybody?
2: Um, Yeah, so they basically ruled that it is like those um, where if it takes the damage... Then it, you know, you can hit it a couple times and it will still trigger. However, if it does get knocked out from the damage, then it does not trigger. So that that is one yeah. of the differences to like Babs or Hulk and some of those
1: others.
0: Yeah, and that's because I think he speci- his the card specifically says when exactly. right? if he's they, not
1: KO'd. They kind of do a little a little rundown on it where they they even say that uh, Nova deals damage even if he is KO'd. Angel deals damage if blocked but not KO'd, and Black Manta deals damage if damaged but not KO'd. So with him, you can't KO him if you want want to do the damage.
2: The good thing about Black Manta is he does have a pretty beefy yeah. uh defense. So So you can do, yeah. do you it can a couple times. A times. Yeah. It's not it's not as powerful as some of those others. It's just one damage, but he's also yeah. only a two cost character. Mm.
1: And with him sitting there if you've got a magic missile or something like that, you can attack with something else. He doesn't even have to be involved. Ping him a couple of times to do yep. some direct damage to your opponent. Keep him safe so he doesn't get knocked out.
0: Yep. Okay, and our next one is a Deadpool card. So, Ken, I'm going to give you this one, and the question
1: is, is the common satchel supposed to be continuous? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically what they said. It It is not a continuous action. You use it at the time of any other action die. It's a... They... they Uh, Kind of pat themselves on their own on the back saying this is a pretty unique effect,
0: yeah. I I, I like which it is. I like how they put that too, saying it's unique, so it's so that way because I know sometimes we try to apply some of these rulings to
1: other cards, yeah.
0: That when they put that it's unique, we kind of know that this is closer to a one off than something else that maybe
1: they understand that this had to be looked at and they understand why people were asking it's a unique effect and it but it is, it is not continuous. You use it at the same time as normal actions. When you roll it, you uh, you get to purchase an action die, right? Uh, yeah, purchase pay one a- life to do it. Pay, pay one life to purchase an action die for, I think, two less. Uh,
0: satchel, you pay one life. When you use Satchel at the same time you're using an action die, pay one life to do so. Yeah, you you
1: have to pay one life to use its effect. Yeah, I believe its effect is uh, the next action you buy is too cheap, too cheaper. Yeah, so it's Uh, it's kind of using that life as a resource, uh, and you know you can spend it here or. In, in blocking yeah. or taking damage, clearing a field, however you want to, but life is always a resource. Mm-hmm.
0: And our, our next or our last one that we have listed is for a basic action that I kind of forgot existed um, <laughs> is the kryptonite threat. And so there's two questions posted. The first one was, um, and uh, the effect of kryptonite threat is target character can't block until end of turn on a burst and a double burst. Also draw a die from your bag and add it to your prep area. So the fir- the first question was if this card is used after attackers and blockers are assigned what happens if the target character already blocking or is already blocking an attacker is the die placed back into the field zone or is the block negated and therefore the attacking die passes through or is there no effect um and then the second one is does Target player using Kryptonite Threat have to target a character or die in order to use the burst effect. So, for instance, if my opponent has no characters fielded or active, and a player using Kryptonite Threat can't target a character or die, but the die he has a burst symbol showing, can said player use action die to target no character and use the burst effect to prep a die? Um, so they answered both of them. The first one was f- for the blockers. Blockers that are already blocking
1: can't be. Um, undone by an effect like this they cannot be undone yeah, cannot. You cannot undo blockers yeah. once blocked always blocked which if you follow the rules for them closely like we do and I'm, I'm sure a lot of you do and definitely a lot of the dice masters community does they made a typo when they first yeah. did this and they said that you can undo it yeah and those of us who've been around long enough to see other rulings that say that once blocked always blocked we kind of went uh, uh, what? uh that they're they're undoing a whole bunch of other stuff this is anarchy it's chaos yep <laughs> so yeah. it's good that they they went back the next day and fixed that typo from can to kent
0: yeah and they, and they put a note that they did go back and update it so yep. i i think this is a good reminder that the rules forum is kind of a living active kind of thing so If you've seen it once, you may want to go back and double-check because they may have updated it. Yeah. Um, And the second one is another rule that we've heard is you do as much as you can. Um, So then they linked to a similar rule with Star Labs. So uh, you should be able to prep that die because it says also. Yeah, that
1: that also applies to... There's a, a Captain America that... Uh, if you take damage, you spin them up and gain a life. Even if you can't spin them up, you gain the life. There's there's a few things that have multiple effects, and you always try to do as much as you can. Mm-hmm.
0: So, guys, guys, how do you feel about these giant plethora of rules from the updates that they gave us? Um, I appreciated it, but yeah. what do you think about these updates?
1: Were, were they, you know... It was good. I wish that they would have said that in prison's targets, but other than that <laughs> other than that it was good. It was a bunch of good rulings, uh, good questions. They answered some old stuff, some new stuff, always appreciate more rulings, more clarity and and they with things like uh, like the Black Manta ruling and with the once blocked always blocked it 's kind of it, it's it can be hard for newer players to dig back and find the relevant rulings, so it 's cool when they reiterate mm-hmm. some of that stuff and make it a little easier to find for newer players.
0: Yeah, I I mean I like this balance cuz they did some some of the newer sets, some of the older sets which I yeah. it, it it, it makes me feel better that they are keeping an eye on how the game is going and trying to answer some of the, what they think are the most relevant questions. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I think some of these uh, make, make me want to go back and play some of them. Yeah,
0: that might I, I definitely want to
2: try Mary Hill. <laughs> Hill and sure. it reminds me how good the Black Manta is. I love that card and I want to play it again now.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Um, we will have both of you guys back because speaking of rulings, this is going to imply we'll, we are going to have a roundtable later on the show about an intro to the different competitive scenes. Yep. Okay, guys, we are back. We have Steve the Sage and the KO King. Welcome back, gentlemen. Welcome. Uh, I'm actually excited for this next segment because this is part of a game where I think most players, casual and competitive, have discounted it a lot. But I feel like it's going to be an important part of the game going
3: forward. And that is life gain. Yes, it's... um
4: I the, when I've been playing with it I I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've looked at life gain as an important part since uh I don't know probably 6 8 months it's been part of my competitive aspects which we'll talk about but I think it's way overlooked.
0: Yep. So, Steve, Steve, where do you want to start off with life gain? Because I I think, uh, Russ, you know, I know you've played it before, but Steve just blew my mind the last time I saw him play a life game deck. So.
3: Um, well, first of all, I want to point out that it's not a win condition. It, um, there's, there's no way you're going to win just by gaining more life than your opponent. Yeah, especially
0: I mean, with the 20 cap.
3: It's, yeah. It's an anti-win condition, though. It can hurt your opponent. It yes, it stretches the game out, which um, works better if you if you like more of a control type. Uh, deck. Yeah, because I know both of you guys are kind
0: of uh, how do I put this thinker players? You know where you're yeah. just trying to strategize and figure out what to do next. <laughs> and it's less of more of like where sometimes I play
3: because I'm brain dead where I'm like,
0: okay, I'm just only thinking what's happening in this turn. You guys are thinking like eight
3: turns down. Oh. Yeah, uh, and I'd, I'd like to point out that we're not going to cover every card that that g- gives life. Because there's, there's a fair amount of them, right? There is a fair amount.
4: And, and in general, a lot of those cards, there are a fair amount that people see, oh, life gain, that's not that's not a big deal. That's a waste.
0: Mm-hmm. So, okay, where do we start in this world of life gain since there are so many cards? Well,
4: I'm, I'm going to uh, start
3: with Wolverine, Lord of Vampires. And this card. card This card is just truly amazing. It can save you. The trouble with it is it's, it's four different energy and it costs six. And to really, for it to work, you need to get it out as fast as you can. And that's kind of
4: difficult.
0: Um so his uh, let me double check is well for everybody who doesn't have this card and doesn't know his ability um,
4: myself included
0: <laughs> um his his ability is um when you KO when your opponent KOs a character right
3: um when an opponent's uh character die is KO that's an important okay. that's that's yeah. an important Point.
0: So Remember. so it's, when, when Wolverine Lords of Vampires is active, when an opposing character dies, KO'd, he deals one damage to target opponent, and you gain one life. Yes. Which, I love that vampire sucking.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so great thematically. I, r- I really want to put this with uh, static, and just every time my opponent rolls more than two dice, they're losing a life, losing a character, and I'm gaining life.
3: Mm-hmm. And... and- to, to me, life gain works best where you put your opponent into a situation where they're going to lose a life and you're going to gain a life. Because mm-hmm. cause then you're shifting the balance of, of the game slowly. Yeah. And for, so for all of
0: you guys who are saying L- this life gain thing, this might be just a gimmick, Steve – you literally played a game against Alex where he had you down to eight life, and yes. you turned it around and won the game.
3: Yes, um, just with that Wolverine alone.
0: Yeah, and you and you you even switched it, so it wasn't just you coming back; it was no. you forcing him to make decisions, right? Because you said mm-hmm. when you got to like fifteen life, he had to KO characters at that point.
3: Yes, it, he. I I had him to the point where he, you know, he could he could afford to either let let them through or he could not afford to let, the, let those things through. He had to block them, and they were going to KO. And, you know, once that— Well, what <laughs> happens, yeah. It, it put me, you know, at 30 life or something <laughs> like that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: Dice Masters is at its best when you have layers of decisions and you're forcing your opponent to make those decisions and putting them in a catch-22 just— adds that much more to it.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. So for, for, for the people who can't get a super, the super rare um, Wolverine, where, where, where do we look next? Silver Sable.
3: Definitely Silver Sable. From Amazing Spider-Man? From and, the Amazing Spider-Man. And, and it's not the one that everybody thinks of, right? No, it's not. The, everybody thinks of the one where you uh, uh, sacrifice her and make something unblockable. No. It, this is the one where when she attacks and is blocked... They, you gain one life, and they lose one life. Now, she's a 3 four, four attack, so they're going to have to block her. And on two of her levels, she's got a very weak defense, so she's mm-hmm. going to KO to come back. And
0: she's not too expensive to field either. No, she's not. She has one free face, and the other faces are one, one each. One each. Um. And and it's in the starter, so if you have the
3: yeah amazing Spider Man starter, it's one reason to buy the spa- the starter.
4: So this is <laughs> maybe a... the only reason, but it's <laughs> so this is a a lot of life gain is one at a time, which we overlook at times. But then you take a Iron Fist that that negates one damage. Everybody sees the benefit of negating one damage. Life gain can do the same thing. It extends games. So what it does is if your opponent is playing a burn deck or something of that nature life gain is kind of the opposite you're going to be gaining life and it forces your opponent to have a win condition of you know possibly even hitting you for 20 to end the game or something that gates that continual life gain so you need to look at it in that sense when you're looking at life gain yeah i'm not going to gain all the way to 20 life unless it's built that way. But I can get the life back if they're fielding something that pings me or – some retaliation that I get pinged for two or three here. Well, on my turn, I'm going to gain that two or three back.
0: Mm -hmm. So you're essentially forcing them to, if that's their only win condition, you've created stalemate. And at that point, especially since you guys mentioned that you have to have a win condition on your team, that's that's that point where you you can strike back and force Mm -hmm. them to be on the defensive.
3: Yeah, and let me point out something else that's really great with life game, and that's this new keyword deadly. It just... Once you have Wolverine out in the field with dead with with Medusa that can block two characters' just taking things out you're just taking you're just adding life to them and taking life from them yeah
4: so another one that is because we can't be
0: remiss without KOing something to re- your yeah. life right <laughs> yeah
4: that's that's right <laughs> I mean, KOing things is real just so everybody knows, and on that note, mystic elf uh she gives you life when you KO her, but she also has another benefit, which brings a, a dice to the prep area. So, you know, that's one of those where if I blue eyes her, I'm going to gain life and I'm going to move dice. So,
0: And people said Yu-Gi-Oh cards weren't
3: good, right? Oh,
4: Yu-Gi-Oh cards are good.
3: Yeah. The, one of the good things about some of these life gain ones where you gain a life like Constantine is they would make really good blockers. Yeah.
0: If they yeah. didn't have like eight good
3: Constantines.
0: If, yeah. if Constantine... <laughs>
4: Didn't We're- have anti hero or hellblazer. His promo it, is so great because he's a two cost. That every time you filled him, he gained a life. I mean, he's. I love that card, but the problem is... For two costs. The problem is there's other constants.
0: More, more than likely, you want to pick Hellblazer. So. Right.
4: <laughs> so, the one that I've always used on competitive, and it's been on my competitive teams for, for quite some time now, is heroic defense. That that's If you're going to do anything with life gain, heroic defense is, yeah. is a must. Because yeah. you can bulk life gain. So, the way... I came across it to start using it as I was looking for that one little punch, right? The plus ones Mm -hmm. for all my characters, because I was usually two or three away from just finishing games. So I started using that, but then I started to see the benefit of the life gain. So every time a character is KO'd on your team, you gain life equal to the level the, of that the, character. Yeah, the level, the level of it. So,
0: so that's up to three, right, for yeah. one character. Right. So
4: <laughs> what happens, and I think we've brought this up when I've talked talk about fabricate, this is one of those things that if I fabricate two characters, I can gain, say, six life while buying a character. So I'm gaining life buying a character. And if I do that right, I can't, you know, let's say I'm doing it a three- uh, cost iron fist or a three level three iron fist and a level three mystic elf just mm-hmm. for kicks i'm going to fabricate for an iron go or a, a clay golem that's going to move my clay golem over to the prep another dice that's in my my uh let's say uh just some unblockable character that i used move that to the prep so i've got two dice to my prep from this purchase, and I've also gained six life from the purchasing, from the KO, and then two added from the Mystic Elf. So I've gained eight life, moved two to my prep, and now everything still is plus one for attack.
0: Yeah, and with that eight life, that may have negated any kind of damage that you may get from having, you know, a semi-open field at that point, right?
4: right? Yeah. And then anytime you blue eyes, if you have blue eyes on your team... Anytime you blue eyes and you heroic defense, you you know, maybe you need to gain one, two life just to make sure you can stay alive till the next, till your next turn. Just ping something off. Yeah. Um,
3: Along those lines, uh, you were talking about that, uh, the heroic defense. Just to, by itself, it makes it forces your yeah. opponent to block. Yeah,
0: and I think you took me for like ten damage one, one time with just psychic, yeah. having a heroic defense. But yeah,
3: they couldn't block anything. You can. <laughs> th- yeah. They're going to have to block them, or you're going to have to, you know, gain
4: yeah. life. Yeah, and that's, then yeah. you add if you add that Wolverine to that whole aspect, that's just that much better, right? Because you're going <laughs> to gain two life for everything, at least two life for everything that gets KO'd. Plus, you know. Their side. So, yeah. whatever gets KO'd by them, whatever gets KO'd on your side, you're just adding all these layers of life gain that extends the game and forces them to hit you for 20. And not all teams understand there are teams that do hit for 20, you know, but there's a lot of teams that need that kind of ping damage to get you low enough that they can swing and kill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And w- what I like, and maybe not after this episode, but heroic defense, you bring that to a team, everybody's like,
4: why would you bring that? Uh, so. Well, it's so overlooked and everybody forgets about the, the life game, but we've talked yeah. about it a number of times on these episodes because somebody likes to use it. <laughs> I'm one of them.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so before
3: we wrap up, is there anything else you guys want to mention about life game before we go? There's one that I'd like to mention more for casual, and that's Power Girl. Uh, from the Superman starter set. I was really excited when
4: she came out.
3: And uh, just, you know, if you can meet the... She's a little complicated to get out, but I found that the crypto from uh, that, where he gets plus one, plus one for each Superman character. Mm -hmm. And then if you have him out... And then Power Girl, you're gaining two life at the start of your turn. She gets two life if you have two...
0: Yeah, so so the card ability is while while you have an active Superman character besides Power Girl, and Power Girl is active, gain two life at the uh, start of your turn.
4: Anytime you can start out your turn by gaining two life. (laughs) If done right, it's a lot more annoying than players assume. We always hear the same thing. Well, I can't go over 20. Or... I don't really see the benefit. If if life gain is played right, it is annoying and makes it much more difficult to win. Yeah. I have won games in competitive because I can get a little more, bit more life and wait till the next turn. Because that's pretty much what you're doing is you're extending the game. Yeah all right
0: so all right we want to hear from you guys um have you guys toyed in life gain or if you have any questions about life gain you can always shoot us an email doubleburst at net, or leave it on our facebook page com slash double burst and i will make sure steve or the ko king sees that and gives you guys the ex the expert opinion on life gain <laughs> because I, I i honestly think you two are like the best at it i'm just some fool who are like oh I- think he used it like this and yeah we'll call it good there uh, um all right guys we will have all of you back in a second for our uh round table on the intro to the competitive scenes okay guys we are here back with the full crew the ko king zach steve and um kenneth how are you guys all doing doing well doing no. good for, i gotta thank you guys for recording the day after christmas too so i appreciate that. Um, What we wanted to do now is, since we last recorded, there has been a series of announcements or a announcement for the competitive scene, and we started seeing a lot of questions between especially new players who haven't um, um, been in the competitive scene about the differences between all of them. So we wanted to do a segment on uh, an intro to the competitive scene, because I think everybody else probably kind of knows, but... Um, so let, let's kick it off with kind of the two different bodies that are out there right now. First off is WizKids, you know,
1: the original guys. They make they the game. They own the game. Yeah. They make the game. <laughs> yeah, so. They make the rules, everything. Yeah.
3: Their, theirs is the official championship.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they have the coolest prizes because yeah, they, they can print them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, And you, you may have heard, you know, the words WKO regionals, nationals, and worlds. Those all are referring to WizKids events. Um, and then we also have, a, and we'll go into the details on what kind of competitive formats those have in a second. The other one is we have a, the Pro Dice Circuit, which is kind of a group of Dice Masters enthusiasts who got together and wanted to create an alternate competitive scene for stores. I, I think originally they started off because there was only like three WKOs.
1: Yeah, kind of the idea is uh, if, you, if your only chance to play competitively as a WKO, that might only come up once a year for mm-hmm. you. And it might just be too far for you. Yeah. I'm, well, that's yeah. what I mean is yeah. it, for a lot of people, they're they're scattered around. They do a pretty good job of scattering them around the country, around the world, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know beyond the, beyond the U.S. national side, but I know that there's a lot around the U.S. There's a lot of opportunities. Most people have one within like a day drive. Mm-hmm. But a day drive is an awful lot for a lot of people. And for, you know, if if that's on a day that you just can't be there, your one shot at playing uh, competitive is gone for the year. So the PDC wanted to spread a little yep. bit more competitive around, give people another option to play in the higher competitive yeah. and, and brew that way. Yeah, and, and
0: then what happened was WizKids kids expanded their reach of WKOs, so they kind of filled that gap that the PDC was doing so they actually announced a couple new formats that we'll talk to talk to you guys about a little bit in a second so um, one thing to mention that the PDC are a group are a group of community members in the Dice Masters Worlds and store owners so it's not a fit so, that, so they can't offer things like uh, alt art card or something that would be legal in a regular tournament right, right. so and I think they they're trying to do a pretty good job in terms of adding prize support.
1: For being it, for yeah. being unofficial, they do the mm-hmm. best they can. They've put out, for the, the first PDCs that were this year, they put out some really cool uh, playmats. I, I wanted one of those
0: dice towers, but they I'm not that out, good of
1: a player to get one
0: of those cool yeah, dice they,
1: they made some really good-looking playmats. They made some cool dice towers. Um, I got a, a color indicator card for for action dice, for basic actions. Um, they... they do like, what they can. They do the best they can. I
4: have that dice from. I can't remember which which event it was, but a really cool blue. And
0: oh red yeah, dice that I, was I yeah, they, from they the give, state, I believe. Yeah, they yeah, give they, they, they give. They had a, two uh, of them. They had yeah. one
2: for, for the store, store? champion yeah. and one for a yeah.
0: The store one was green, I believe, something. and yeah. then the state was the the tie-dye mixed colored one. And
1: yeah, and I'm sure there was another one for regional and yeah. all of that that yeah. we just didn't see. Yeah, it's a good looking. It's just a a d6, a six sided die. It's not. Like you can use it for, like, experience counters. Or I love you can using use it, it as
0: experience counters. Or you just can use it
1: as your life counter or something like that. It, it doesn't really have a, a, a function in Dice Masters. It can't be, like, it can't really replace, like, a basic action or anything like that. But it's a nice-looking die, and it's something that they can do without having kids uh... Like officially clear things for them,
4: mm-hmm. and I think they gave cash. Uh, the yeah, I think ones. in the regionals there's cash
0: prizes too that you can win.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, there was some cash prizes for people that again we didn't see that we didn't yeah, get yeah. that level here. Um,
0: so okay, so th- so those are kind of your two organizing bodies. Um, let's let's start off with the W with kids the WKOs because those are the official um, tournament format that has right. been around for three
3: almost three years now. Two almost um, three going on three. The game's almost three, so
0: yeah, three years. Um. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, there's the WKO, which are which stands for WizKids Kids Opens. Um, and if for some reason if you live in Utah, they also have regionals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I'm only at, happened yeah. Yeah. once. So. Well, well, we had two of them actually for the yeah. last competitive season. There was two a,
4: regionals. We did it Comic Con, which was the first competitive tournament I yep. went to, and then we had it for Gaming Con.
0: Gaming Con. Um, uh, yeah. the,
1: and both of them I'm were not for sure last if you season. made it uh, yeah, I remember I, messaging I didn't, I didn't go to gaming con I was going to and then I ended up not yeah. going but yeah yeah we did we had two regionals and technically the event that is at the WKO is also the Dice Masters regional yeah we got three different regional tournaments yeah. here so, last year
0: so both wow. of, yeah both of them kind of have this format you have your main event which is unlimited constructed no sets are banned no basic actions are banned minus the two that they officially banned which is Swords of Revealing Light and Relentless right um those are fully open. They have that main event. They also have the side events, which you can even break down into two different sets. Um, which is the draft, and that's your standard draft, except... You play a rainbow draft, you play one game. Yeah, one game, and you're done. And then you can... And
1: winner picks a random prize. Yeah, the winner gets a prize. Uh, they did, what was it, the first time it was alt arts, and the second time it was Foils. Foils, Foils. Yeah. yeah.
0: Foils. And then you also have the quick play, where you bring a constructed team, play one, you're done. Winner gets another art or
4: Foil, whatever they have at the prize, right? I think yeah. that's a good good time, especially if it's the day before, that's a good place to test your team yeah I'm bringing yeah the yeah you event.
1: can you can do some last minute switching or adjustments to your team it, by trying it against you know someone else's higher competitive yeah. level team in something that's low stakes yeah um, for last year's set of WKOs the uh the quick play events, the uh the constructed quick play, they were charging ten dollars, which is a bit much to test your team. This year they've adjusted the price structure, it's now five dollars, which is perfectly yeah. reasonable. Because, reasonable. It didn't,
0: yeah, especially when it was the old price structure, it didn't make any
1: sense because you paid yeah. two more dollars, you got yeah, draft, twelve
0: packs. <laughs> when a
1: when a draft is twelve bucks and you get 12 packs of Dice Masters to, that you definitely get to take home win or lose compared to 10 bucks to play and possibly leave empty-handed, it, it you made a lot more sense just up to $2, right? Yeah. Yeah. At, at $5, I think it's a lot more reasonable, yeah. and it's a good idea, if, especially if the store runs side events the day before the main mm-hmm. event. You can do some last minute tweaks to your team yeah
0: and and i i I like the way some people explained why they would want to play quick play over the drafts they're like i'm not a good drafter i don't like having that chance so i rather do the quick play where i can bring a team i know well in and out and i can do very well in if i just want to win those side event prizes
1: it's also a lot faster like if you if you're on a, a time crunch if you you know if you only have two hours that you can spend there you can't Play in the main event. You can't. You know. You can play a few side events or drafts. A draft just takes longer. You have to draft. You can yeah. do a side event, sit down and play. And if you, you know, if you have a crazy like turn three kill team, you could bang out a half dozen of them in an hour. Yeah.
3: Also, one of the things about the uh, uh, unlimited side events is you don't with the draft you have to have a minimum of of people. Yeah,
0: because you can't draft with one person. That
3: yeah. Side yeah. events you. Pretty much it, as long as, as, as you, you have two, As long as you've got yeah. an even number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And and you bring a good point. So for all new players who are looking to get into the competitive scene, time
1: wise, just plan your whole entire day that you'll be there. Whole day. Yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. I think that for the big events, it seems like it averages for us about an eight to ten hour day. Yeah. Here, Basically focused on dice masters. Yeah,
0: because I, I know some people are surprised when they first come to a competitive
4: event, Those and they're like,
1: "Are so boring."
4: <laughs> Just uh, like, they're
1: perfect. That's that's also assuming yeah. that you do well enough to, yeah. to place. I mean, when they make the top eight cut, or if you're not doing well and you drop early, obviously you can cut down on that time. But if everything goes as good as it can, you're looking at eight oh, to yeah. ten hours of dice masters. So awesome.
3: And depending on the store, if they're if they're doing a, a lot of side events the day before or the day after. After you can plan on you know, the, like, at least a four or five yeah. hour day on that. So yeah,
0: because I because I, I think I I find that happening a lot. Okay. So that's kind of a quick breakdown in terms of WizKids events. So we'll now break down into the PDC where they used to have events like this, but now they've announced a week ago, I think? Uh, uh, maybe it, two, it
1: might be two weeks ago. About, now.
0: about two weeks ago, they've announced that they've switched from this unlimited setting that WizKids is doing, because, I mean, WizKids is doing a bang-up job.
4: Yeah, um, I think they listened to the community on this yeah, one.
0: Yeah, because they wanted to do something different, so they in- introduced two new formats. One is the draft format, and one is the prime format. The draft format is just your standard draft tournament.
1: Yeah, it, It'll be drafting, it'll be You know, playing your best, drafting your best, and there will be prizes and championships and all of that that I don't think they've
0: They've, laid out every
1: detail of yet. but
0: they've given you at least a kind of month looking where they're doing. So the store championships, what they're aiming for is to have this coincide with the new Batman set that's coming out. Um, That's in February. Yeah, so they're aiming from late February to March for your store championship. The state championship series is June to July,
1: which would uh, coincide with, in June, I believe, Uncanny yeah. X-Men, or uh, X-Men First Class is supposed yeah. to be coming out
0: in June? Um, yeah, I think so. And then, so the way they said it, it's their standard rainbow draft. Um, and what they want to do is all basic actions are legal, so all you can use any basic actions that are released. Um,
1: uh, I don't think it says on there, but... It's probably safe to assume that the ones that WizKids has banned will also be banned yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So, you, yeah, you can't do
0: the Swords of Ruin Light and Relentless, of course. But um, so those basic actions are legal, um, and we'll, I'll I'll mention the dates for the regionals after we announce both of them. So the other one is the Prime format, and this is the one that you may have heard the community talking about fairly yeah, often. As this one has people really excited. Yeah, this is not too free. Free two-day shipping, guys. Um, So (laughs) your store championship is starting in April is when they say the store championships are going to happen. The state championships are going to be August to September. So there's going to be a little bit of gap. And you may wonder why there's a slight gap. That gap is usually when WizKids is doing regionals and nationals and stuff. So they yeah, don't want to compete
1: with them. WizKids does their top, uh, top contests in the summertime at, yep. at, at, at conventions. Gen, yeah,
0: at usually GenCon, uh,
1: Origins,
0: or Origins, or Origins, yeah. Origins, yeah, yeah, origins. Um, and then from and then so what's different between this and your normal unlimited constructed tournaments are going to be all sets from World's Finest forward are legal for this. Um, and. And this includes OP kits and stuff, except with the exception that if those OP kit cards are alt arts of a set that's been banned, those are not legal. Yeah. Um, so,
1: so where you've got, like, uh, I, I believe Throne Car it falls into that, where it was, printed, it was reprinted for World's Finest, but it's actually from, I, I think, either AVX or Uncanny. It's
3: AVX. Yeah, so...
1: That one does is uh ineligible.
3: Yeah, Villainous
0: Pact is another one. Yeah, so so and so uh, no cool full art magic missile for you guys to use.
1: Yeah, there's uh no Dungeons and Dragons at all in this. Uh except I guess maybe Strahd. Yeah, well, I don't know how that would work possibly. very well it, in the format. It would, it, would be, it would be a terrible idea to bring it, but I believe hey. that that is the only DD card that is legal in the Prime format. Yeah.
0: I, I challenge somebody to do well in a Prime. <laughs> Strad.
4: Why do you have to go that way? And Now I've got to start trying to <laughs> <laughs> um, do something.
0: And keep in mind, it's kind of a rolling list. So it's After World's Finest. We still got, I, we know of at least. Two, two feed sets, yeah. a starter set, and a team pack, right?
1: So before, For, from, from now until uh, that's supposed to be happening in April, mm-hmm. we're looking at the Iron Man War Machine starter, the Defenders team pack, the Batman uh, feed, feed, the Turtles. second teenager, Teenage Mutant yeah, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles box set, and depending on exactly how everything lines up, there's a w- Superman Wonder Woman starter that's supposed to be coming around march and i believe there's another feed set that could possibly be included also
2: guardians would be close right it's april slash may yeah so yeah, yeah. It, it might play guardians that line between be the
0: 2 week or mm-hmm. one was it one week yeah one week eligibility
1: rule that yeah. i think they're going to be using yeah i don't i don't know i know that that's a that's an official kids rule so if if yeah. you're trying to go to a wko that happens in february if there isn't a full week between when the batman set comes out and that wko then it will be ineligible
4: there are a lot of reasons to be excited about this i think some of the cards that are rotated out uh force creativity Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people on facebook and reddit and all those are already starting to brew i think for me it it really gets me excited for competitive. Yeah, you, you Whereas can, I still do WKOs and stuff, but the my least favorite thing about the game is like a three-turn kill, mm-hmm. and, and Prime kind of takes that out yep. of it.
0: And so to mention, I also said that we were going to mention this, is the regional championships for the PDC, for Prime, and their draft <laughs> formats, they say are in the latter half of the year. So doing some of the math things cuz i can do it when i'm not like straight off work yeah when you're not playing yeah, yeah. it is uh so it's going to be somewhere between october to december i have a hard time seeing them wanting to do it in december because it's yeah, nobody I, will show I would up.
1: hope oh. that they do it, like, uh, end of September to, like, at the end of October at the latest, before yeah. the holidays. Yeah, season, uh, before everyone's really crunching down on saving money yeah. and all of that. That, that. That's my guess is either late
0: October or early November would probably be the best time in terms of getting people to travel and stuff. I'm too.
4: excited to see the numbers. I think these events are going to pull in some pretty big numbers. I'm excited for PDC, and I'm happy for what they're doing.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of excitement. Yeah,
0: so I wanted to have you guys actually discuss if you're a new player looking at all these competitive environments. um, What 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 are you expecting to, and the differences between the two? Because you can't just build one team to fit everything. One of the
1: like one of the big reasons that we wanted to talk about this is we've seen on forums people saying, "What's Prime? Uh, When when is the WKO Prime?" and they are different things. We wanted to make sure everyone understands that as well as we possibly can. They are two very different things. Prime is only PDC. It is not WKO. WKO is still unlimited, um, and Prime is its own separate format.
4: Yeah, I saw someone asking if they should sell all their old stuff because of Prime, and I would yeah. suggest not.
1: Oh, no. And, and I've also seen people already, you know, saying, uh, I've never played competitive. Uh, I, I've put this together for a prime team. And, you know, I've, I've got a WKO coming up. And if you show up to a WKO with a prime team, you're probably going to get obliterated. It is like the, what the prime does is cuts out a lot of really strong staple power cards. And I don't think that there's a way to make a prime team that will make the cut for the top end of WKO teams be, being that they are still fully on.
0: yeah because one of the big themes in WKO teams right now is speed yeah. and with the with the cutoff in prime, that speed is not quite yeah. there
1: i I know if if it was my first time going to a competitive thing and I brought a prime team to a unlimited w k o and I got smashed over and over, it would probably really discourage me, and I would hate to have anyone make that mistake, so be very aware of which competition you are going to.
2: Although one thing you want to keep in mind with any competitive scene is it's a, it's good to have an idea of uh what the meta or what people play mm-hmm. in your area because you know we're in an area where almost everyone has all the cards from all the sets, but there's there's places out there that may not have some of the older cards, and maybe they just play the new stuff, and so it, it's it's good to keep in mind of what everyone plays. So you can kind of counter some of those things, but um, also know what you might be... Yeah, you know, I mean, because
0: keep in mind, you only have 10 slots to put cards on your team, right? And if you bring a counter to something that no one plays in that meta, you've essentially just wasted that slot.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. and understand it's competitive yeah you know it's not the same as going to the store and just trying to testing it's we have a lot of zacks and you know they want to win
0: Unless you're you're playing me and you can look at my spectacular (laughs) roles, just those amazing roles, and just smash me in the face with a sidekick. Yeah.
3: I think one thing that we need to mention, too, is with the Prime, you are cutting your basic actions probably by two thirds. Yeah. So there's. Because you only have three sets of new players. Yeah. For
1: for Prime right now, there's.
4: Uh, World's, World's Finest, Civil War, Civil War and, Turtles, and, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Well, Those whatever, are the only yeah. basic
1: actions that are available right I, now. I, I there will be more coming though. in the team. I think packs. that's
4: good for new players. New players don't have to come in and be competitive, have to buy starters
1: from Yeah, two have years to go ago. chase down that transfer power. Or, go or imprisoned. It, I mean, yeah. imprisoned yeah. is huge right now. You don't or
4: have magic to try and missile.
1: find that. Or magic missile.
4: Right. And. More than anything, what excites me about Prime is it takes out the one card that I would ban in this game, and that's PXG. It alters (laughs) the game. You you cannot get a three-turn kill without a PXG. Yeah, so if
0: you haven't played without Professor X and you want to do in a Prime, get used to not playing without that form of ramp. There are lots of other forms of ramp, uh, as all of us can attest. I actually get thrown off when somebody brings PXG because I'm like, how do I do this thing again? Um, and that's, I, I think that's something that you'll want to practice because I think that's going to be probably one of the bigger hurdles for some. Right. And
4: what you really want to practice as much as the ramp for PXG is amazing. We'll all agree the ramp is amazing. What PXG actually gives you more importantly, I think is the churn. You have con- complete control of your bag. If you don't have some, f- something that allows you to churn through your bag, and you're just purchasing, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble when you have 12 dice in your yeah. bag. This is, happens at
0: Yeah, time. this is coming from a guy who complains
4: when he has to use his dice bag. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of pretty ones, though. It, I just don't, it's yeah, it's
0: that, just, that's what I think is funny. You have a collection of them, but you hate using them. The idea is for it to
1: sit there and look pretty.
0: <laughs> um, so, and if, okay, so the one thing I know that is probably common for all of these competitive events, you need to practice your team. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes.
3: And you need to be able to, um, how do I say this? Uh, No, you have to kind of keep up what people are playing and how to adjust with your team.
1: Yeah, know some of the meta staples um, and how they interact with your team. If someone brings the perfect counter to your ideal win con, maybe you need to look at a different win con on your team.
0: Yeah. Um, your opponent brings a heroic defense,
1: maybe you might want to consider using that. Yeah. Uh you also well, they won't bring that to Prime. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> uh the other thing is you um you you want to practice a lot and know how the things work. Uh in a competitive setting, uh if you're playing competitive with your buddy, they might be yeah, forgiving
0: Yeah, do overs are might, kinda okay, but if competitive forgiving no. on yeah, mistakes no.
1: if you are if I'm playing against you and I don't know you and you're not like a child that I feel bad for, I'm not going to let you take things back. You're going to deal with your mistakes and I'm going to try and exploit them.
0: Are you kidding me? I've I've done that to a kid too where I'm like,
1: No, sorry buddy, but Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it, if if I if I'm looking to win, you know, if I'm having especially if I'm having a good day, that's the worst time that you can play against me and make a mistake. If I'm having a good day, I'm definitely not going to show you any mercy yeah, because spe- I don't want you to ruin my good day. especially in competitive because I know Zach's great at this. Is if
0: you make a mistake, he's going to, you know, players will capitalize on Absolutely.
2: it. Absolutely. And that that's one thing. I mean, when we're playing locally, um you know, sometimes out of principle, there's certain cards you may not play. But it, when it comes to competitive, people are going to play those cards. Oh, yeah. and you're not that mm-hmm. guy for bringing those cards because you're you're doing everything you can to win. Because everybody's
1: yeah, what, that what, guy. Exactly. What you are is you're that guy who wants to win just like yeah. every other guy there. You know, everybody there might be bringing Bard or Beholder or uh, the Frontline, whatever. And as much as uh, in... More casual games, we all may poo-poo that. If that's not going to happen here. We're going to go. Oh, you brought, uh, you know, the front line. Well, that'll go great with the bard that I brought. You know, so.
2: So if you're bringing a team because you have a cool combo and you want to show someone that. Uh, I mean, you may expect to have some fun and do things mm-hmm. like that, but We're a side don't, event, maybe necess- maybe a don't necessarily there, expect yeah. to win with just a fun team.
1: And that's kind of where the practice comes in. I mean, if you if you do have something that kind of comes out of left field that can be competitive in that high-level stuff, I know that Russ in... Uh, I, I Nobody
0: thought Q-K a Black KO, Lantern
1: would be useful yeah, competitive. Built something from the ground up that was unlike anything we'd ever seen, and it did really well.
2: Yeah, if there's something that I can encourage more than anything is try new things i mean don't just bring it because you saw someone wanted online you you can you can you know mix things up you can really surprise people and who knows you might you could easily find the next new meta team that surprises everyone
4: yeah i use the casual events to try to figure out what i can bring into bed you still play casual events I try. <laughs> Wrestling season makes <it's> really <laughs> rough, but I'll I'll throw on like two cards that I want to try to see if it it actually works. Um, but I don't bring much that I try in competitive. Like I don't, as much as I talk about scarecrow, I really don't play him much if it's not competitive because I know what he does. I know how how he works. I don't need to keep working with him. I may pair him with something to try something else. Like with prime, I'm going to have to figure out how I can. Continually KO my own characters. I have some ideas and I have some stuff to work on, but dang, Blue Eyes is gone. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, speaking of cards that are missing, Zach, do you want to lament on how Global Beholder is not legal in Prime?
4: So sad.
2: So <laughs> sad. But one thing to know. Because there's new cards coming out, right? So the next time we see these competitive scenes, there's going to be a new set. I remember when we had our first regional here, I wasn't able to participate, um, but one of my buddies brought the lantern ring because it was the new thing. It had just come out, and we now know how good it is. But because it was so new... um, He didn't really know how to play it perfectly, Mm -hmm. and so it it kind of hurt him. So be careful when there's new cards, even though they're the new candy, they look great, and they may be good cards. Make sure you know how to play with them and how they work with other stuff. You'll want to play them.
1: Yeah, if, if there's a set that comes out two weeks before you're competing... Practice as much as you can in that time with whatever you're planning to add. You know, and it's probably not a good idea to try and rebuild around something when you only have two weeks. Yeah. But if you've got a team that's really good and you see one card from a new set that looks like it'll slot really well in there, absolutely try it. Practice and practice and practice and practice against the best things that you can come up with. If you have an idea of what your meta is going to look like, sit down, spend a a couple of evenings with a partner practicing your own teams against what you think the meta is going to be
2: that that's what i did with my beholder that's why i was bringing it up is i took it to florida um just after it had been out only a couple weeks and and fortunately i'd practiced it a lot and so i knew how well it went but there was still one or two cards that i i I didn't expect played against those and that that's what that's what lost and or that's what made me lose and ultimately kicked me out of that tournament
4: so yeah i I like using the new stuff but that's me because I like to try different things and catch people off guard. Uh, but it's not the most effective thing to do for sure. And I also like to practice a ton. I know Ken and I, when competitive's coming up, we practice for hours. If I have a team that is consistently winning and – Practice. I actually am worried because I feel like I'm not seeing something. I'm not seeing mm-hmm. the mistake. I'm you're not, you're I don't getting know.
0: kind of more into instruction mode instead of yeah. I'm like, to why? It, you start, you start why is it
4: working? It's, you know, it shouldn't work this good. So I'm always worried about what what would stop it. yeah You
1: start thinking that there there might be some part of the meta in your blind spot that you're not seeing how it interacts that sort of thing.
4: And you should be able to to know. Okay, I'm, I'm facing this kind of team. This is what I need to do in this game. You should, you know, if you're a turn three kill team, if you don't get a kill early, is there an issue? Can you do you have a, a long game? Yeah, is what,
1: what are what you going to do if it goes beyond that? Yeah. You know, I'll I, always try and uh practice in the various situations. Um, I would also for these big events, this is where you run into, um, in the cut to top eight, you'll play uh, best of three within a, what is it, one-hour time limit, mm-hmm. and then you go to turns. And I would highly recommend just playing, you know, start the game at turns. Yeah, know um, no, to, how to respond to these learn s- situations. Learn how to play the game in five turns. Learn how to do as much damage as you can in five turns because your team might play completely differently under uh, those circumstances. And the last thing you want is to be trying to set up your, you know, like... Seven turn combo when you don't have that time. Yeah, so that's what you
4: know, that's what and, cost me when I hit uh, Michael in the one of the WKO finals. Is he was great at turn? You know the tiebreaker game, the third game at five yeah, turns. Yeah, and that, I had, it's had an especially different. Right.
1: It's very very different from your regular game right. when your second game goes to time and that third game is only the five right. turns.
4: And I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but it, it didn 't work, and I am really frustrated that i didn 't have that full on backup plan and Michael knew exactly what his team does in that situation, exactly what to do on rolls.
3: yeah there 's also another aspect you need to remember is this uh, first turn rule
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, if you 're planning on buying something that 's for cost you 're going to have times when
0: yeah have the backup
3: you're, plan and you 're going to have to have that backup plan
4: and we We played the prime we played an event here last week. I think the turn 1 is is very interesting. You may want to pass if your opponent doesn't if it doesn't look like they have a plan. If you look at their team and they don't have something that's at 3 cost that's going to get their engine going, I think it's definitely good to to get that and pass and say you're going to go first and make them waste that first turn. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, guys. So if you're a new player and have questions about competitive or if you have tips to pass on to new players who are competitive, you can shoot those our way, Burst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash
4: Burst. Is anyone else concerned about the draft? Um, I don't like that they're all basic actions because I'm afraid it's going to turn into who can play the basic actions the best. Hey, I just because, just you know... Well, because there's basic actions that you don't even need to worry about what's on your team. I'm just going to use this. Someone here likes transfer power
1: a lot. We'll cross that road it's when part we get of yeah, game. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like nothing wrong with bringing betrayal to the team when your friends don't pass you any win conditions and drafts. Uh, <laughs> um, so we, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, let us know. Gents, thank you so much for getting together and talking about the competitive scene. As you guys can tell, we could go on for hours and hours, so if you want to talk hours and hours about the competitive scene, just, we, we will,
1: yeah, contact we we will us. go on for hours and hours.
0: And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst podcast. We would love to hear from you guys how do you feel about life gain and what do you think about the new competitive scenes that are coming out shoot us an email doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave it on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash doubleburst of course check out doubleburst.com for articles past episodes places to subscribe and it's just a cool place to go and see all our shenanigans Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. If you guys live in Utah, make sure you check them out. If not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. And, of course, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, This is our last show of 2016. We're excited for 2017. So until then, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor.